Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode of the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. I've got a special guest today, Kimberly Potter, who is inside my Clinical Academy membership. She is really a rock star practitioner because she has learned how to leverage the power of stories to be able to generate new leads, new people, new excitement, new engagement. And she just recently moved from out of state to a, to a different state and kind of had to start all over again to a degree. And so she's going to share her secret sauce for um, being able to really engage and get people to her practice in a very, very simple way. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kimberly Potter. Well, hello, Kimberly. Welcome to the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, Rhonda. Great to be here. Yeah, we uh, are uh, have been in contact over the last, well, what, few months and have known each other. You're inside Clinical Academy and um, and we were always on the live Q and A's every month. And then one day we're just sitting there and you say, Oh, by the way, I'm moving to Florida. And we were all like, what, what, you keep, what? So you decided to move to Florida for maybe obvious reasons. So we'll leave that one there, but, um, you just literally up and left your existing practice and your existing life and your, all the things to go to Florida where, you know, no one. And you kind of have to start over, which is what I want to get to. But first, I would love for you to share like your background, how you got into functional medicine from Western medicine to functional medicine and kind of your story there. So I'll let you start from the beginning. Right. Actually, it started, oh, probably in 2000, about 10. I had a daughter who got very, very ill. She was six years old. And I had a very good relationship with my medical doctor. I come from a nursing background. I did, I worked in a hospital setting most of my career. And then I also worked in setting up home care agencies for a hospital. And, but um, my daughter developed mono and it came and went for two years, come and go, come and go. And then during that process, she'd get strep throat, ear infections. And every time they put her on antibiotics and she'd do okay for a bit with the antibiotics and then boom, she'd flare again. Right. And then she'd get to where there wasn't any stress in her life during the summer times. And then we think, oh, we've got this. And then sure enough, fall would come and bam, she'd be right back into full blown mono. And it was probably January of the second year. She had lost weight. I mean, here she is. This is between the ages of eight, six years old to eight years old for these two years. person And getting stressed out. And we would get to school and she'd go, I can't walk in that door. Start having panic attacks, anxiety, insomnia. She had lost so much weight. And Aww. the last the last bout is I took her to her medical doctor, who him and I were like, we were close and we were tight and I respect him greatly. And he said, go home. There's nothing more we can do for her. And I'm like, what? He goes, she responds to nothing. He goes, we tried every antibiotic. And by this point, if she took food in her mouth and even just any juice, she would burn. So she would, it would swallow and oh. she'd go, I burn, I burn. Oh. And they had destroyed the lining of her esophagus and not intentionally, of course, not no, at all. No. But the, the attempts to help her and put her through so many different bouts with antibiotics, we just destroyed her immune system. 
for God, so all the things. Girl, yes, absolutely. It was a girl that I was in the natural health realm and I'd seen her a few times and coming from the medical, I thought she was a little weird. I would use some of her things, but not others because it was a little too weird. Yeah, because we're all kind of weird, but that's all right. We're our own kind of weird. <laughs> and the sad part about it is when we go through medical training, they don't teach us all these great nuggets that I now know. Yeah. And so I called her and I said, hey, j- just so you know, I got this issue going on. And I said, can you make some recommendations? And I know now I don't make recommendations, but I had enough of a relationship with her. She re- recommended three products, three, and cost me 70 bucks. And three days later, she could eat, sleep, and she'd go back to school. I mean, it was, it was like something hit me in the back. And I went, what the heck just happened? Wow. Big, big deal. She wasn't 100% better, but she could function because she had lost. I mean, I thought I was fully losing my daughter. I thought if there's nothing I can do for her and it being medical, I just remember walking out of that doctor's office and I had tears going down my face and thinking, I don't even know where to turn. Right. I don't know who to ask for help. So I went to the first person I could think of and, and she, I was shocked at the results within three days. Wow. I was blown away by just supporting the immune system. One was immune support. One was a spleen support because her spleen was so enlarged. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. She could sleep. She wasn't crying all the time. Her emotions, because you can sleep, you know, the sleep deprivation is huge. Right, so right, right. I knew there was something there. So I started doing all this research and learning and I was learned this whole new world world started opening up. As you oh, learn what wow. natural and, and functional, when you truly realize that medical is, is sick care and it's not to diss medical because I, it has its place. It does but have its place. And I love that does. you said that it's so true. We need to learn how to put them together because they work right. well together, but sadly yep. that's not the paradigm or the, the common way of thinking about it. So yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah. And there's kind of like an us and them, you know, yeah. we don't, want, yeah, they're over here and we're going to keep you over here. Well, I can tell you, I've had somebody with a hot gallbladder and if you don't let if you let a hot gallbladder go too long, you get pancreatitis. It can be mm-hmm. deadly. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, you don't mess with certain things that if it's gone too long, too long, you, right. you have to refer. Right. So it's, it's about trying to find a way to meld it. And, and medical is starting to realize, especially with what we just come through the last couple of years, people are looking to the natural side for help and assistance. Right. Right. If we don't start blending this, you know, it's extremely important that we do. So, um, yeah, I just love what we get to do on a daily basis. It's about educating people to get engaged in their healthcare because That's right. on this side, this is healthcare, healthcare on they're our on side. side. Yes. yes. That's right. They're not in the healthcare side. So when people say, well, I'm going to see my healthcare practitioner. No, you only go there usually when you're sick, right? Not when you're you know, well, or when you have a functional disorder that just needs some help. They're great. If you like get your arm cut off, we yeah. got to go there for trauma things for like, you know, you end up with, uh, you know, some crazy thing. That's like going to be like a hot gallbladder that ends up with pancreatitis and you need some intervention. That's yes. one thing, but you, yeah. but for the rest of this wellness, like staying healthy, staying well, um, definitely we want functional medicine. So you, you, did you leave nursing then leave the hospital and start your own practice? What'd you do? Yep. Yeah, I actually, I left the hospital and I developed my own practice. I remember opening up the doors going, who is going to come see me? And how am I ever <laughs> going to get my first client? And I remember I my first purchase of supplements. I bought $500 worth. And I went, oh, this is a stretch. It was oh. 500 bucks on my shelf. And uh-huh. I remember thinking, and I know how, you know, people think you feel like you're a fake, but you're not. I mean, I started, I started with family and friends. And when they started realizing what happened with my daughter and they started following the journey yeah. of it, yeah. then 
you, I saw one person who told two people who told four people, you know, the old Fabergé, you know, yeah. who told two people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just started organically growing. And then my first office was just a little, a little 10 by 12. And then I doubled that. And I doubled that. And every 18 months to two years, by 18 months, we were doubling our space to the end. We were in a six office space, right at, right as COVID hit. And we ended up having to close because they were talking about tracking us with their, with our phones. And we're like, we knew we were having positive people coming in because they were fearful about other places. And it was like, listen, if they start tracking, they're going to track right back to us. So we need people to stop coming right. here right. when you think you're positive. Right. And so they went to telehealth, which that was a freaky thing because I've always done in person and we, it was a nice springboard because nobody, everybody was open to alternatives. So that was a nice time. And people right. are much more open today to doing Zoom and you can get what they call, you know, a private Zoom. Yeah. We do. We pay for that so that we have a privacy. Um, they do say that FaceTime, it does say it's encrypted end to end. I only use that when people can't use Zoom or they struggle with it. And I, I always ask them, are you okay with us doing FaceTime? I'm not saying it is guaranteed encrypted, but it says it is. But I always use my verbal disclaimers with people. Right. Right. But it was it was a nice springboard. So then here, I come from the state of Minnesota. Minnesota is cold. I, I have kids up there. I have grandkids. I have four children. I have one down with Florida, Florida with me. But I was like, after that year of sitting, looking out at the cold. And my husband said, you know, Kimberly, if we live 30 more years, we're going to be, we're going to be frozen and looking out the window, 15 out of those 30 years, staring outside, waiting to engage in life. And I went, oh, dang, Ooh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a wake up call. Thank that you. Was sweetheart. Wake up call. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And he actually didn't like Florida because he doesn't like beaches. So we started identifying, we always talk to my, talk to my clients about self-care. You got to take care of you. And what's, what feeds you? What really helps you? I always say the kumbaya right, gives you right, back to peace right, and tranquility. Right. And for me, coming from Minnesota, it's water. We love water. We love, and I love the sun. Not like I, I'm not a sunbather, but I love the happiness of the sun and the colorful colors of plants. And so we started just heading down to Florida. We had vacation here before, but man, when you started realizing how much more open Florida was, that was big. When you right. started realizing that, um, it just fed us differently. I was at peace down here. There was a lot of turmoil going up in our state with a lot of things that were going on, right, right. Go down those, but I won't go down those. And I'm sure you guys all know what was happening in Minnesota, whole yep. crazy land. In fact, we used to think California was crazy. No, Minnesota redefined crazy. Yeah. Completely <laughs> redefined redefined. It. Whole new level, whole new level. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so being able to be remote, we always did things very quickly. We, we work Monday through Thursday. I have Fridays and my weekends off. Yeah, me too. So I started bumping it to having Monday as kind of as, a, as an office day, but shooting my clients to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, heavier schedule. So then I could like get everything packed up in my house on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and be back up on work Zoom call. And people had no idea what was happening in the background. Yeah. And we started telling people we were talking about moving, but actually... Before we left, we decided to do what was called a wellness summit. And we did it as a live event. And I thought, who's going to come? You know, it's COVID time. I mean, things where you could have small gatherings. We, we limited to 25 people because I, we had a small hobby farm. So I actually had it at my farm. And within, within less than the first day, they were full with waiting lists. We had people grab, grappling for asking, please do more, please do more. And by the time we actually only scheduled for an hour and a half. People went from seven to, oh, it was, it was six to eight, six to seven thirty. People were there past nine o'clock at night. 
wow. just wanted to connect and talk about health and ask questions. And yep. people are hungry. They're so are. hungry for knowledge because so much of what's out there is such bad information and we've got the right information. It's about get, connecting with people and letting them know that we can be that resource for them. Just like that person was for you with your daughter. Like she had knowledge that you didn't have and you needed it. So you went on your own journey to be able yeah. to find it. So now that you've moved, you ended up moving to Florida. Like you literally when in the video calls, all of a sudden Kimberly's gone. I'm like, where'd the girl go? And she was all moving. So now you've moved down there. You left your practice, although you had already transitioned them to virtual pretty much like you're still doing the video thing, but, yeah. but what now what happened in Florida? Like, how do you, I, I really am curious, how did you start over again? Or how did you start to market? Because that's the big question everyone asks, you know, mm-hmm. I need more new patients. I need to market myself. Well, you talk about uh, the, the toughest marketing thing in the world. And that is just to go start a practice all over again. And so yeah. here you are in Florida. Now what? Yeah. Well, thankfully I have, I had grown my practice virtually which yeah, is nice because right. I see family members and they tell their mother who's in North Dakota or in other states, they tell their family members. So that has grown organically and, ex- and exploded. But once I started getting down here, I started getting involved in some local community things. Um, actually, I joined our church small group and there's 23 people in my small group. I just happened to have a lady in there who had some digestive challenges and she's on a lot of medication. So I'm like, and I also... A lot of times don't tell people what I do. Because yeah, me too, me too. Around. Oh, I don't want to know. I, I don't tell them nothing. Yeah. Because they want to dump everything on you. These yeah, are my exactly. hormone challenges. And you'll hear to the end of you're like, no, I just want to have coffee. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But I just happened to have this woman who was the head of my, my group. And she, she said, oh, I'm just having all these problems and gas and bloating. And I just, I gave her some digestive enzyme. That's all I gave her was a digestive enzyme. Well, you would have thought she had just won the lottery. Oh, it's like, oh my gosh, Kimberly. And then she told, she just happened to say to the, the group. And then after the group setting, people are coming up to me individually. Will you please, will you see me? Will you see me? Um, can I see you for this? Can I see you for this? And I say, you know, just go on my website or contact my office. And finally they approached me and they, as a group, they said, will you speak to us? Will you actually, if we have all 23 of us sit down, would you just come and speak to us? And I'm like, okay, we can set up a day of education or some a couple hours of education. So I'm actually setting up with a local community group down here to do a four session educational thing to actually the community. And the, I've invited the small group as well. So talk to me about how, so obviously this was kind of an organic thing, right? You're in a community. Yeah. So key number yeah. one is get connected in the community. Don't sit in the hole in your office and think, oh, the people are going to come to me. And even if you have an existing practice, if you're listening or watching and you say, I got an existing practice, I don't, no one's coming in. Well, get your butt out there and yeah. start like making connections and meeting with people and joining a group or getting involved where, whatever your flavor is, but go get involved. But Kim, Kimberly, sorry. What you did was you started talking, but you did mm-hmm. it in a way that wasn't telling them, well, I do this and I do that. And I can help you with your poop and I can help you with your hormones. You didn't go about mm-hmm. it like that. What is your secret sauce to start engaging yeah. these people? Because it's like, you kind of have this little magic thing that you do where you just open your mouth and all of a sudden people are like, will you work with me? Will you work with me? Will you? So what is that secret? It's stories. I tell stories. 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 Give me an example. So the, well, I'll give you an example of the the woman with her, her gas and bloating and embarrassed to go places and on the medications. And I said, you know, I said, really, 
you know, usually what's happening is you're just not digesting your food. So it's just sitting there fermenting. So I say, if you just want to try something, try a digestive enzyme and see what happens. So she goes fermentating. She goes, yeah, cause I burp and I feel this gurgly of this acid coming up. So I was just telling you what could, what could as a story happen, be happening in your gut right. from being on so many medications, you can get this, you can get this yeast overgrowth that can happen because it squashes the good bacteria in there. But right. many times an example I'll be is that uh, I'm working right now with some older clients that I believe are toxic on medications because they have been on medications for so long. And rather than doctors wanting to pull them off, they just keep sticking, yeah, adding, more adding, off. adding, adding. Yeah. Right. They do. If you have right. one high blood pressure, well, we're going to add a second or if I have had people three, four, five blood pressure medications, oh my gosh. they don't pull them off, but livers don't always process all these things going in and they can get congested. And they're okay, stop whatever. right there. So see, just like that, like, I love that. You just said that that's your story. Yeah. Livers don't always process what's yeah. going in and they can get congested right there. You just created a little bit of a story frame or a framework mm -hmm. that yeah. a patient can easily identify with rather than using words like, well, we need to do a liver detoxification on you. Yeah, no. What you did was you just made it really simple. Like livers don't always process the stuff that we put in. And sometimes they can get all backed up and congested. And people all of a sudden get a little mental picture of like Drano, you know, a clogged up drain and their livers all clogged up. They're like, oh, I don't want that. So I love that. Okay, keep going. Yeah, well, and you talk liver detox with people, they think they're going to be sitting on the toilet pooping oh, all day long. Oh, yes. They have the, the word. fear of they can't go out. The mm -hmm. word detox. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. There's certain words that are overused and under understood. Correct. That's a really good way to put it. I agree <laughs> with you on that. It is true. So you create this context around the words that you use. You just make it very simple, very easy to relate to. I mean, your medical training, your background, you could definitely go down that whole complex pathway of talking about the, the six detoxification pathways and glucuronidation and sulfation and blah, 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 blah. You, who know? Nobody needs to know about that. They just need to know gets gunked up and backed up and congested. And so yeah, and more with educating. They, yes. They, if you're yes. in the headlights, look, you overwhelm them. They just go, okay, I'm done. Yeah. The simpler, done. the better. We have to talk to them like they're in fifth grade. I always yep. say you talk at fifth grade level and people will understand. And it's not because we're saying they're stupid, but it's because that's what the brain can process at the level of understanding that most, you know, non-medical type people have. So you're talking to this lady, you say about your liver just doesn't process. Well, yep. she's a, a geriatric patient. She yep. just doesn't process. Well, liver's congested. What does she say? So I ended up adding additional story. Oh. I had shared with her when I was in nursing school I would work in a nurse. I worked at a nursing home and there was a woman that had been there for 10 years on the dementia floor. And everybody hated going up to the dementia floor because they're just confused all the time. So I was up there. And one day this woman, she's a larger, broad shouldered, bigger German type woman. She's not like an overweight, but she's a big German woman. And uh, she suddenly became combative and she refused to take her medications for three days. Everybody's like, don't fight with her. Don't fight with her. Just let her be until she calms down and maybe we can get her to take her pills in a couple of days. Well, believe it or not, after three days, that woman became as clear as you and I. All her dementia went away and we moved her down two floors to the independent floor. But for 10 years, she had lived on a dementia floor because she was toxic in her medications. And people don't realize that everybody doesn't process things the same way. Right. That's right. There was no family involved in her life any longer. Everybody pretty much just written her off until they would tell her that 
oh, so-and-so passed away, we'll show up at her funeral. Because that happens with dementia over time. People just eventually don't keep visiting right. and they don't keep checking in. So this is where advocacy with family really matters. And right. asking questions really helps. Uh, medical doctors, why do we stack medications? Or can we remove certain things and then try something different? Right, right. So, so you're telling the lady this story, you tell her about the liver, you, you, the mm-hmm. congestion, she's on medication. You're talking to her about, you know, sometimes these can get all backed up. Your liver doesn't yes. process well. And then you move right into a story. You know, when I was working on in the hospital, I blah, 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 blah. You go into this dementia story. Now what's happened is the patient now identifies themselves to some degree, whether the patient that you were, the person you were talking to had dementia or not, but they can identify or find a little spot in the story where they go, Oh, that could be me. Cause I'm on all this medication. She was on all this medication. She went crazy. She wasn't handling it. Well, maybe I'm not handling it well. And now you got an open door and the person then says, can you help me? And all you did that was just by telling a story. Yep. I love that. I know. I remember one time I was on the plane. I I'm like you, I don't tell, I don't talk to people when I'm on the plane. I feel like I'm social. So I was on the descent into Minneapolis and the woman just leaned over to me right at the very end. And she goes, Hey, she did a quick little introduction. And she asked me a question. And I told her a brief story and she goes, can I have your card? I need to see you. And I'm like, almost got off. Darn it. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Dang. But I, and I don't mean this to say, you know, because truly when you start connecting with people and they feel like you hear them, that you understand them yep. or like you find something that just puts that round hole in that round peg versus you know, that wrong, right wrong yeah, yeah, it just doesn't working and people know things aren't working. So when something resonates with them and it makes sense to them, they gravitate towards it. And, you know, I think too, Kimberly, it's about, it's about legitimately wanting to a help yes. rather than having the lead psychologically, like in our mind, that the lead is that I need a new patient. That's about me saying, I need, I need, I need a new patient. I need you to come work with me because I need the money or I need to be busy instead of just pushing that aside and just showing up and knowing that you're just going to give value. You're just going to, you know, here, let's just try this and try this one thing. Stop by my office or give me your address. I'll send you a thing. We can get, uh, let me just get you taken care of. And get them started. Even if you tell them, go buy this product, even if it's an over-the-counter product, but you're the one that made the recommendation and they start getting better. And then guess what? They're going to want to talk to you more because you're in their circle and you've put them first rather than me, what I need. It's about, I really just want to help you. And here's a story that I have had experience. It basically shows that you are qualified to be the guide to make them be the hero of their life. Really, you're just the personal coming along to kind of help them. So yeah. if you were going to give advice to someone about uh, marketing themselves, then to wrap up, what would you say? Wow. You know, you'd ask me about books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, there's a lot of business books out there, you know, that tell you how to run a business, how to just to do a market, yeah, all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a billion of them and it can have your piles high, but you know what? There is two that have stuck out with me more recently and, and actually have been really hard. I've started my practice from the beginning and one is called the go giver. I love and that book. The go giver. And the other one is the happiness advantage. It's I haven't read that. Oh, I'm going to write uh, that down. Really, really good. good. 
It is good. And actually the author reads it. He does a beautiful job reading. It's so engaging, but it's really about people will thrive where they're the happiest. And that's, again, it follows back to my story. Why am I, why did I move from Minnesota to Florida? And trust me, my entire family, nobody in my family has left Minnesota ever. Like their jaws are still on the floor waiting for us to move back and say, we made the biggest mistake. Uh, No, (laughs) we love it here. And I can fly back and forth if I want to, but really you happiness is, is key. And also giving, I have learned the more I give, people just get gravitated to that. They really do. Like I'm just giving them a story, but for some reason they always have this connection that it doesn't matter where I, if I speak, I always get, I always get clients. I never have troubles getting clients ever. And I think that's because you lead with your heart and you lead with that giving rather than the take, take mentality of, well, I'll be standing in the back of the room. If anyone wants to come and talk to me, well, nobody wants to talk to you when you're a dud. And yes. when you don't, you, you have to like, act like you care at least. <laughs> right. And it's and not I the think, go-getter mentality. It's the go-giver. The more you right. give, you get it back in spades. I that's cannot right. tell you how often, I mean, there are times because I work on the natural side and, and I still have the medical background. I still have my current license and all that, but people will be like, have family members or neighbors that have been in an ICU unit and they will call me and they'll say, what do we do? And I'm like, well, you know, now they're in an ICU unit. There's not a lot we can do, but let's right. just let's just talk about something. And I can talk with them and, um, and I can, I pray with them if they want prayer, because I come from a Christian background because I've been a faith community nurse. I'm actually certified to work on staff with a with churches. So, um, but yeah, it's just all key in being there for them, just being present, being willing to listen sometimes. And some, I'm not getting paid sometimes for some of that, but I can tell you that the referrals that we get from people saying, go to her, see her because she helped me with this, or, you know what? She listens really well. I hear that a lot that, and I, I run my, my business simple. It's me and my office manager. That's it. Two people. And we are busy, but it is like, that's why we are trying to use processes as much as possible. Yeah. Simplify, so automate, simplify. all the things. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Kimberly, you are such a breath of fresh air. I have been looking forward to recording this podcast with you because there's nothing more important in, I, in my opinion than connecting and providing value. And that's what you just do so, so incredibly well is connect with people and then do that go giver. I will link to both of those books in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening or watching, you'll be able to find them there. But Kimberly Potter, thank you so much. If people want to contact you or get in touch with you or refer someone to you, they've got someone in Florida or wherever, how would they do that? They can go onto our website, which is rafahw.com. It's Rafa spelled R A. P as in Paul, H as in Henry, A, H, W.com. Our company is Rafa Health and Wellness, and we're a virtual practice. Eventually, I don't know if we'll ever go back to in-person. We've discussed it, but this is working quite sweetly. Virtual is pretty nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, that was a pretty great conversation. I actually just so love chatting with Kimberly Potter. She's always so positive, upbeat, loves her life. And I love that she just 
has this attitude of just going and having simple conversations with people and sharing the stories that allow them to really identify themselves. So my challenge to you this week is where can you start to change the language around how you communicate with your own patients, the people that you come in contact with, to just kind of simplify what you say, make it a little bit more relatable so that they feel like they can see themselves in the solution that you can provide. Because whether that's a story that you can tell them about, you know, I saw this happen with this particular patient, or I, at one point I had this experience with a patient, like she was talking about with the dementia patient. You know, stories are where we connect. Stories are where we can identify and find ourselves in the middle of someone else's experience. So I would just really encourage you this week, think about ways and places that you can change up your conversation a little bit to make it less about you, more about the patient, and help them find themselves in what you do and the solution that you provide. So thanks as always for being a great Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast listener. I love being here every single week for you. So take care, friend. I'll be back next week. 